0: This is Good Better Broker, a podcast from UWM. For many people who come to this country, the prospect of owning a home can seem out of reach. In fact, some don't even know it's a possibility. In this episode of Good Better Broker, we talk with a pair of South Florida brokers who are uniquely qualified to open the doors to home ownership for immigrants because they are immigrants themselves. Episode 54 of Good Better Broker is coming up. This information is provided to mortgage professionals only and is not intended for or authorized for consumer distribution. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice or endorsements of any kind. Welcome back to Good Better Broker as we bring in Jose Blanchard and Louisa Nikagosian. They are from Nations Trust Mortgage out of Miami, Florida. Jose, Louisa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting. Great to have you both here with us in studio. And a little bit about both of you. As we jump in here, Louisa, you have been with the company since 2014. Correct. Jose, you have been with Nations Trust uh, for six years now. Correct. And another interesting thing about both of you, uh, you are not from this country. Louisa, you hail from Armenia. Jose, you are from Venezuela. And that ties into what you both like to focus on as mortgage loan originators. So as we get the conversation going, uh, Louisa, let me ask you first, how do you think your experience as an immigrant impacts the way you approach your job as a mortgage loan originator?
1: Actually, being an immigrant uh, was the reason why I became a mortgage broker, because um, I was um, new in the country um, when I first purchased my property back in 2004 and another one in 2005. So it was very challenging for me, very hard to understand everything, and I was not knowledgeable enough in the field. And uh, that actually made me think that I want to be the mortgage broker that I can teach my clients and guide them so they can uh, make better choices in their life. And um, yeah, that's how I became a mortgage broker. And that really helped me. And um, I believe that um, sharing the um, same background also makes people feel um, more trusting you and that builds trust and relationship.
0: Jose, what about you? When, when you think about you know what it is you do for a living, how does your background um, coming from Venezuela impact the way that you handle your job and, and deal with your clients?
2: Sure, yeah. When I came, pretty much, pretty much the same situation as Luisa. You come and you don't know a lot of stuff. And for example, I didn't know having the status that I initially had that I could purchase a home. And that translates into what I see every day with my clients. Therefore, I'm able to provide a, a good Uh, orientation orientation of what the client is needs or looking for and we're able to assist them better and you know make them achieve their goals
0: it's funny you know we we talk all the time about how complicated the mortgage process can be and that's Even for somebody whose first language is English. So I can only imagine, Louisa, what it must be like, um, for, for you, like you said in your own experience. And then some of the clients that you encounter, how overwhelming it must be for them when they go into the process.
1: Yes, exactly. And I do speak multiple languages. So I do feel that really helps when you have a, um, you know, immigrant client and they don't, they have a language barrier and that really helps them understand, uh, and uh, and make uh, wise uh, decisions when, uh, you know, choosing a product.
0: Do you find, Jose, that a lot of your uh, borrowers who, who are not, you know, English speakers or English is not their first language, that it immediately puts them at some level of ease knowing that, that you understand what their concerns and questions are?
2: Yeah, 100%, especially in our market in South Florida. We have a lot of Spanish speakers. Uh, Spanish is my native language, so once you communicate let's say in the same language uh you understand each other you can explain them better you know it makes the makes the process easier for them and for me too too you know, guide them into the right direction.
0: Jose, you mentioned something uh, a few minutes ago that I want to follow up on. And, and this is something you and I talked about before the podcast that for a lot of immig- immigrant borrowers, they don't even realize that home ownership is a possibility for them when they move to this country.
2: Correct, yeah. As uh, so in my situation, when I came, I got certain status that I thought you could only buy a home if you're a green card holder or a passport holder or a U.S. citizen. And that is not the case. There are a lot of eligible products. Uh, sorry eligible uh, visas? eligible products yeah, yeah that that will allow you to purchase a home uh while you are in the process of obtaining your citizenship or uh, green card status also for clients that are foreign nationals from other countries that you know they just visiting most of them they don't know also that they can purchase a home in the United States and that's an area we focus a lot and we try to help them you know achieve their uh a dream american dream and have them invest in the united states as well as well
0: it's not only the the clients but louisa realtors some some of the real estate professionals in in your market probably don't understand some of the opportunities that exist for foreign nationals to access home ownership
1: yes that's true and that's why we do a lot of seminars and uh, we do uh we go to real estate offices and we present them all the products and uh, programs that we offer to foreigners This way, they are more knowledgeable, and they know that whenever they have foreigners, uh, they don't really have to buy with cash in full. They can actually finance part of it, and that brings them more clients.
0: Okay. Speaking of products, I want to ask you about some of the options for your self-employed borrowers, Louisa, because this represents a pretty big portion of your client base. So how do you approach your self-employed borrowers and what works well for them?
1: Well, as we all know, self-employed by, uh, borrowers they do have very complex tax returns, and uh, sometimes it can be a bit challenging um, to calculate their income. Um, and it's it's good to know the, all the details and nuances how you can calculate the self-employment taxes because there are a lot of uh, parts that you can add back to the income, like as far as like depreciation, amortization. That if some people don't know that, they can decline the file or uh, decline the client. But if you're knowledgeable enough, you can, um, you know, add back that and uh, it can give them a more buying power. Um, so first, I would really try to give them the uh, traditional loan, which will save them money on a down payment and closing costs. But if something doesn't work well, you know, based on their situation, it's always good to, uh, to be able to work alternatively to find other documentation programs that can work well.
0: Jose, what about you? You know, when you are working with a borrower who is self-employed, how do you approach those situations?
2: Yeah, so the the good thing about being a broker is that you have a solution for every profile. So you, of course, going to start with the most favorable one, as long as they qualify. Now we have alternative products like bank statements, uh, no income doc loans, DSCR loans for investors, which you know allow us to take the client without taking into consideration their income or tax returns, in this case for self-employment borrowers, everybody tries to, you know, keep their taxes as low as possible, let's say that way. So so that in, uh, enable us to to cover a broader market, a broader uh, client, clientele.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, Louisa, you, you mentioned this, but there are some obstacles you encounter um, when, when working with self-employed borrowers. Um, What are the the most common obstacles that you see, and then how do you overcome them?
1: Um, Yes, there are multiple obstacles, actually. Um, Some of them are like the self-employed borrowers not being in the same line of business long enough, or maybe they're just creating their LLC, but they've been doing the same line of work as a self-employed and filing their taxes under Schedule C. But recently, they decided they want to open a corporation for some tax benefits. And those are the borrowers, a little challenging. If you don't ask the questions, if you're not uh, attentive enough to understand the whole picture, uh, what kind of borrowers they are are and what kind of business they have, um, it's going to be hard to identify those um, obstacles. Well, once you find them, then you try to find a solution to it. And uh, the way I overcome these obstacles is to um, uh, understand the whole profile and even speak with their accountants and CPAs, get more explanations and why or what, how it's being done, so I can better assist them and always find a suitable solution for them.
0: Jose, you, you mentioned all of the products that are available to you as an independent mortgage broker, which we love to hear. Uh-huh. When it comes to working with your clients, how do you go about informing them on all of those different options? Because they may not be uh, knowledgeable about nearly as many things as you are, obviously, when it comes to um, home financing.
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, we're going to start to get them qualified, try to get them qualified on a conventional loan. If not, we will go let's say from top to down uh on the list then you go bank statement if not you go cpa letter uh profit and loss so uh, as we know the less documents you show the more risk you represent to the to the financial institution or bank or lender so so we're going to try to you know uh go through all the options get you the best you can and that's where i come in and ask them for the specific documentation if you don't qualify with your taxes i will ask you your last 12 24 months if that doesn't make it i'll say oh let me talk to your cpa maybe we, we can put our pnl together and we'll, we'll find the way or, or the right program for that client
0: louisa this non-qm space has really taken off uh recently and, and you mentioned some of the options that you know we now offer uh the bank statement loan being one of them um and it was interesting in, in the lead up to this you said that one of your biggest strengths as an lo is being creative and structuring loans the right way. How how does that help you specifically with the non-QM category?
1: Yes, that's correct because non-QM is actually designed for this type of borrowers that do not qualify for traditional loans and so that becomes like, this is your creativity now that uh, you understand which type of program in a non-QM you can put your client into, and it's always good to explain them all the options available for them because there are multiple options, such as bank statements, business or personal uh, profit and losses. Uh, for self uh, for self-employed borrowers or investors, it's good to offer the DSCR programs. So all these different type of programs with non-QM actually makes us that creative person that we're thinking outside the box and trying to find. The best program that feeds uh, our clients' uh, best interests
0: jose uh, what, what about your clients you know when, when it comes to helping them obtain financing and you think about the work that you're doing in the non QM space what comes to mind for you
2: well we we open in the doors for a lot of let's say investors or clients to obtain or, or get homes or get into the real estate space by uh, being able to offer these products that you know the big banks don't have and that's a good advantage of being a broker again that you, you you can fit any client, any profile into a let's say a bucket or a product to help them achieve their goals and dreams.
0: It's interesting you brought up you know the, the profile of your clients and being in South Florida. You both were saying as we were we were chatting before the podcast that in South Florida there are all kinds of loans and there are all kinds of different profiles with um, how how diverse yeah. um, South Florida is and, and that market is that, that you both are are living and working in, um, Louisa. Piggybacking off of that. Uh, one thing you really like to do um, with your clients is really getting a good understanding of them and their profile. Uh, What role does that play for you um, when it comes to the new non-QM products?
1: Um, I think it's very important to be um, understanding the whole profile Um, asking the questions, uh, to, um, actually go deep into their profile of their self-employment business, uh, and, and to understand exactly which program will, um, fit them best. Because non-QM, as we all know, it's so broad. It's like, uh, so many different programs in a non-QM. And, and it's really important to understand what your client is looking for, um, and what you can offer them. Uh, by asking them a lot of questions and being a big listener, because listening them uh, as they talk and they explain their situation is very, very important when it comes to non QM, because that's how you figure out which one, uh, which product will be best for, for yeah. the client.
0: Yeah, listening, such an undervalued skill, especially in this business. And, you know, speaking of that, Jose, you know, when you are are doing your due diligence and trying to peel back the layers of the onion if you will and really find out what you need to with your borrowers and their profile, you know what kinds of questions are you asking them
2: you pretty much let, let's say I have an example from today I got a client that you know I got the loan in and I'm submitting it to u w n of co- u w m of course and i everything is clean everything is good, and I get to know that he's divorcing the the wife and the wife doesn't want to sign a closing because he's buying a second home, and now that's a problem. So it was my fault. Now this tells you you need to go through all the aspects of, of the loan to, to have it together, being able to put it the right way so you deliver the right service and the right uh, product for, for, for the client.
0: Jose, we, we mentioned this earlier, and I want to ask you both about this, but um, you know, the non-QM space has an opportunity to not just serve your borrowers, but also to build relationships with real estate agents. Louisa, explain how that works.
1: Um, since, yeah, a lot of realtors, they don't know that there are programs for self-employed borrowers, and they have a lot of investors that are just buying properties here in Florida to rent them out, um, and they don't know that there is a program that we don't really need to see their tax returns. We can do based on the cash flow of the uh, property, and that's the DSCR program. Um, and when they hear about it, they're like, oh, wow, why I didn't know about this before? I would have so many clients uh, by this time because I told everybody that, oh, yes. you know, you need to have income to qualify. And they said, oh, but I don't make that much income to qualify for 10 properties. and so on and so forth. That, that, that's why it's it's very important to also communicate with the realtors and to let them know um, all the programs available out there that they can um, tell their buyers because they are the first people that see the client, actually. Sometimes clients don't know that they have to go to pre-approval process first. The, the first thing they do, oh, I want to buy a property. Where do I go? Find a realtor to show me property but the realtors are the main source and uh, our referral uh base to find our clients and they're the they're, they're the one who can tell the clients actually that hey there is a program like this that you can qualify why don't you try this and you can buy more pro- uh, more properties with that
2: yeah i want to add on that so 100% we our, our business model will try to focus on realtor relationships and business referral through them So if you keep them informed, if they are aware of what's out there, what programs they can offer their clients... Uh, we're going to have better chances of them referring clients that they didn't know they could refer or they, they can buy to us. And therefore, we help them to, to grow, to get more business, and they help us you know, to get more loans, get more clients. And-
0: yeah, you were, you were shaking your head, yes, as Louisa was talking, as if to say, yes, I have actually had situations like this. Yes, I've had conversations with realtors. Uh, I mean, when you are able to open their eyes to some of those possibilities, Jose, what does that do for your business in terms of being able to earn future loans and future Future referrals from those real estate agents.
2: Yeah, I had that before. Uh, for example, recently I got a client that was referred to me by a realtor. He was told that I can do magic, which I tried to, but yeah it's not true. <laughs> so uh, he said, "Co Jose, he had a, he just arrived to the country. He had a work authorization. I checked it; it fit the the eligibility. So we put the loan together. We send them. We close, and after that, you know, the realtor have sent me like. Five more clients just because I could provide that, that probably the bank that he was working with couldn't. Um,
1: that's another thing that a lot of people don't know that with work authorization, as long as they have two year work authorization, they can qualify for a regular loan like conventional FHA. Um, and, and a lot of people don't know that they think, oh, we're foreign nationals and, you know, foreigners, we, uh, working for our green card or citizenship. So we're not do- really domestic. Maybe we don't qualify for regular mortgages. And yes, it's, it's a very good, uh, to know about that and to inform everybody. Um, and realtors actually also one of the source that can help us to earn more business by knowing those programs.
0: How does it feel for you, for both of you actually, to be able to help combat some of those stereotypes or misconceptions that people in the industry may have about foreign nationals and you're able to say well actually that's not the case and we have this and this and this available when when you're able to do that and and not just you know obviously we know you're you're doing this as a job it's your career it's your way to earn a living but when you think about the broader impact of that for the people in your community what comes to mind louisa um
1: knowledge that Keep educating yourself, keep learning and uh, knowing more about mortgages because uh, it's not uh, one size fits all. There are so many programs out there, and um, everybody is qualified for something based on their situation. So I think. being knowledgeable and keep learning every time, not stopping learning. It's very important in this industry because things change uh, very often that some people don't know. Like like I said about the work authorization one, I had a client recently that was denied by another lender because he has a work authorization. And I, and when I was able to close the deal, he was like, wow, Louisa is like a, doing miracles here. She approved me with that. But I'm like, no, it's really not. It's actually the uh, program uh, available out there for people like that. So knowing all these things as an LO is very important because you wouldn't just go and deny a client based on their immigration status if you know uh, certain criterias and um, just keep learning, <laughs> know the guidelines
0: got to be personal for you as well jose
2: sure yeah i mean uh, being able to open the doors and the eyes to all these clients so they can uh, get to the the american dream achieve the american dream is very important as you said we do this as a job but i think you also need to have a purpose in the life so being able to help them achieve that goal get families together you know help them grow is is very you know give me a lot of satisfaction and, and pride i take for that
0: yeah very well said uh last thing i want to touch on with you both is your advice you know for other people listening to this for lo's and other markets especially um multicultural markets uh you both being in south florida there are plenty others uh, around the country what is your advice for those lo's as far as how they can serve their communities especially when looking at some of these non-qm options louisa
1: um I would definitely advise them to uh get themselves familiar, uh, familiar with the uh with the products uh with especially non-QM and foreign national and and just be out there and market themselves um and just know the guidelines um and the requirements with each lender because every lender is also different um as far as the requirement goes and the guidelines so it's always good to um to just um learn and know what you're doing and just go out there and, and get this because the market calls for it.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. also like if you're uh, if you're immigrant like us, uh, we have an advantage advantage of that because we kind of know how the immigration process works. So that helps you. I mean, if you are an L O immigrant and you're just starting or you have a career already developed, uh, get in your circle, get within your, uh, People from your country or from uh, people that speak your same language and try to understand what they're looking for and with your knowledge, offer them the help to uh, to, to get to where they want to be.
0: Well, good on both of you for uh, serving your community and uh, uncovering all of these different opportunities for, for different borrowers. Uh, in South Florida, Jose Blanchard and Louisa Nika Goshen from Nations Trust Mortgage. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you for inviting. It was a pleasure.
0: To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now with more expert advice from independent mortgage brokers around the country. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Good Better Broker.